good morning, and welcome to the OTH Daily Podcast. I'm your host, Ed Stang, and you can follow me on Twitter at Ed Stang. It's February 6th, and we have a lot to get through, so let's get started. Good morning, podcast listeners for OTH Daily. This is Ed Stang, your host, and I am with a senior writer uh, for the basketball department and MMA enthusiast, uh, Tannen Smith. You can find him on Twitter at Tannen Smith. Tannen, how are you doing this morning? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing good, sir. Welcome aboard. Uh, glad to finally give my first guest for the podcast this week. Feels kind of special. Um <laughs> Other than that, uh, first off, want to talk some NBA. So we had uh, some, a really big slate of games last night, um, but also, too, we had some uh, big trades the last two days. So um, kind of with some of the games last night, uh, you had some really good stuff going on. I'd say mostly that Pacers-Raptors game um, was pretty good. Uh, you had the Pacers uh, with 118 points and the Raptors 119. This is their 12th straight win, which is a franchise record for them. Kyle Lowry ended up with 32 points, 8 rebounds, 10 assists uh, for the Raptors. And then Malcolm Brogdon led the way for the Pacers, 24 points, 6 rebounds, 6 assists. Eastern Conference is really turning out to be much tougher than I think people were giving it credit for at the beginning of the year. What did you think about how this Pacers-Raptors game played out last night? Well, I'm actually very surprised with the Raptors and the way they've been able to still be a top-tier team in the NBA after losing Kawhi Leonard. I was uh, under the impression that Kawhi was really carrying them last year, um, but it's really kind of obvious that they, they have, actually have a really good roster outside of him. Uh, Pascal Siakam, one of the brightest young forwards in the league, and then Kyle Lowry's still out there putting up stuff, and uh, Serge Ibaka been having a recent you know, resurgence in his career this season. So, uh, and, a, and a really young, talented rookie in Terrence Davis. So I'm, I'm really happy with the way the Raptors have uh, still uh, been able to be a competitive team, even though they lost one of the best players in the league. And then the Pacers are another, another one of those teams that I personally didn't expect to be all that great. It's good to see Victor Oladipo back in the lineup. Um, you know, he's a great player, but I honestly think that Malcolm Brogdon is the Pacers best player. And um, it's, it's, Really good to see that, and a triple-double from DeMontis Sabanis as well. So um, that, that was a really good game, and um, the Raptors obviously came out on top by one point. Yeah, I'll definitely am very impressed with how the Raptors have played this year. They've been a really strong unit, but what's nice is they aren't one-person-centric uh, like they were a little bit last year. They're really playing great as a team um, and a really fluid unit. Uh, the Pacers, if I'm right, they just got Victor Oladipo back. And with them sitting in a pretty good position in the East, and they just got back possibly their best player. Um, I think the Pacers, after the All-Star break here, are going to be a team to really be reckoned with uh, going forward. But uh, one other game I really want to hit on, and this one kind of surprised me last night because it kind of turned into more of a blowout in the second half uh, from the close game it was in the first half. Miami Heat, uh, 111, L.A. Clippers, 128. Uh, Derek Jones Jr. led the way for the Heat with 25 points and nine uh, rebounds. Paul George, really solid game, 23 points, five boards, 10 assists. 
wasn't expect the Heat to get kind of beat up like they did uh, by the Clippers on this game, especially for the demolishing the other night uh, they just had of another top tier team. Yeah, I'm. I was very surprised to see this score as well. I mean, the Heat have been. I mean, you look at their record; they're they're only one game away from the Clippers record-wise. I mean, they're both they're both really top-tier teams in the NBA right now. But uh, you know, the Heat missing Tyler Hero. That I'm sure that had something to do with it. He's been a big big contributor for them. Um, but yeah, seeing Derek Jones Jr. put up 25 points is definitely interesting. I, I don't know. I don't recall ever seeing him put up a, a scoring clip like that um and then you know the heat also have their their two all-stars and jimmy butler and bam Adebayo. so um kind of surprised that 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 it turned out into a blowout but you know Kawhi leonard had a down game kind of with only 14 points um so paul george and uh, landry shamit led the way with 23 and yeah i don't know it was a good all-around um performance by the Clippers and they had multiple players in double digits. Um, and by multiple, I mean like pretty much half their team scored in double digits. Their only player who really played that didn't have double digit points was Patrick Beverly. Everyone else, everyone else was, uh, was putting those points up. So just a good all around game from the Clippers. Yeah. I mean, definitely with the Clippers and just the two LA teams out West, I think in general, pretty much the consensus is, is those are the two top teams out in the West. And pretty much if you're going to go to the NBA championships or just let alone the Western conference, you're going to go, but you're going to go through those two teams. Um, Word I'm hearing, and this kind of started a little bit last night, um, get your thought on this. Um, I'm hearing that both the Lakers and the Clippers are trying to get Marcus Morris from the Knicks. Um, Obviously, the Lakers are a little bit more depleted when it comes to assets uh, for being able to entice the Knicks to make that trade. Uh, But the Clippers have a little bit more um, stock to kind of get this trade to happen. Who do you think possibly gets this Marcus Morris trade finished by the 3 p.m. deadline on Thursday? Well, really the only thing the Lakers have to offer, in my opinion, is Kyle Kuzma. And I really highly doubt they're going to give away a talented young player such as himself for a guy like Marcus Morris, who's going to who's going to come on to the Lakers roster and really be kind of just a role player and um, isn't really going to contribute to, to the to the team as much as I think Kuzma would. And also, you know, they don't have very much young talent at all in fact Kyle Kuzma is pretty much the only quote-unquote young talent that the Lakers have so I I think they need to hold on to him I know they've been talking about trading him for a while now but I mean unless they're getting something um, equal in return I just don't think Marcus Morris even compares to Kyle Kuzma as a player right now Um, you know I guess his experience and stuff may be valuable in comparison but I just I don't I don't see any um, reason to reason to to give up a a young talent like him for um kind of a i I I won't say washed up but i just i don't really see the the draw um when it comes to marcus morris but you're right the clippers do have a lot better um a lot more of a chance i think here um they have a young guy in jerome robinson who is a young guard he's a former lottery pick he's only been in this is his second year in the league but uh, he really hasn't done anything for the clippers and i think it would be really interesting to see them send him over to um a team in in the knicks where you know the knicks don't really have much uh depth at the guard position they they really need a two guard and i think jerome robinson could potentially go over there and um and and 
maybe actually be able to kickstart his career. Um, but again, you look at the you look at the Clippers roster, and they don't really have too much to offer for Marcus Morris either. I mean, maybe they go Mo Harkless, but I think the Knicks are trying to get rid of all these power forwards. So I don't think they trade for more power forwards. So I mean, I'm looking at the Clippers roster right now, and I, I really don't know who who they would trade for him um, without you know without it being really redundant for the Knicks. Exactly. I'm hearing a lot of the same thing. I uh, just want to get your quick take on this one. Uh, kind of a mini upset last night. Uh, you had the Memphis Grizzlies uh, beating the Dallas Mavericks, 121 to 107. Jay Morant, uh, 21 points leading the way for the Grizzlies. And then you had uh, Kristaps Porzingis with another 30-point game, uh, 32 points, 12 rebounds. Uh, what's your take on how uh, Jay Morant's been playing for the Grizzlies this year? Well, I'm a massive fan. Uh, I'm, I'm a massive fan of Morant. He's um, coming into the this season. He was definitely one of my favorite rookies. I loved watching him um, at Murray State, and especially that little bit of a run they made in the tournament. Um, and I think my favorite game I watched of him was when Murray State upset Marquette in the tournament. John Morant just completely dominated that game. So I, I knew coming into his NBA career, I knew he was going to be really solid. Um, and, you know, Zion Williamson has been all the rage, despite the fact he's only played a few games. Zion's been all in all the headlines. And John Morant has just quietly put together one of the best rookie seasons we've seen in quite some time. Um, I really am impressed by him. I think he's already probably one of the, one of the top point guards um, in the NBA. I wouldn't, not like a, not like a top five all-star guy yet, but you know, I think he really has the potential to be one of the best uh, players in the league in a couple of years, but you know, I'm not really surprised by them beating the Mavericks. Um, You know, uh, Luka Doncic did not play, um, and he's you know an MVP candidate. And outside of Luka Doncic and Kristaps Porzingis, this this team isn't isn't really that impressive. So, um, wasn't too surprised with it. But um, you know, I, it's it's great to see John Morant continue his his high quality play. Definitely, I agree on that one. I think he's easily leading uh, rookie of the year and should really kind of have that as a landslide, no matter what Zion does. Um, in my opinion. Uh, I think Zion would really have to like be blowing the doors out the water, scoring almost 30 points a game on average the rest of the year, even to kind of be legitimately in the conversation for rookie of the year because Morant's played since day one. Um, OTH Daily listeners, I'm here with Tannen Smith. He's a senior writer uh, of the NBA for us at OvertimeHeroics.net. I want to get into some trades that happened uh, both last night and the day before. Get your quick takes on those. So as we were talking a little bit before we got started, uh, one of the later trades last night was uh, your favorite team, Sacramento Kings, uh, traded away center Dwayne Dedman uh, to the Atlanta Hawks for former first-round pick Jabari Parker and center Alex Len. Uh, how do you feel on this one? Well, for for the for the Kings, Dwayne Dedman was dead weight uh, on that roster. He wasn't doing anything. Um, he already expressed his desire to get out. Um, and you know, Rashawn Holmes has been phenomenal for the Kings at that center position. So they they kind of it's not like they were losing their starting guy. It's not like they were losing their main guy. Um, and they picked up. You know, uh, Jabari Parker has received his fair share of criticism, and it's well deserved. You know. He, 
coming into the league, he was seen as one, you know, potentially could be one of the best players in the league after a couple of years. He's had a disappointing career, but at the end of the day, he is a very solid, um, you know, power forward, small forward hybrid. He's a really solid scorer. And I think that he's a decent addition to this team. Um, a guy who can come off the bench uh, whenever maybe uh, uh, Marvin Bagley isn't playing as well or need, you know, it, it, a guy who can come in in relief of Bagley, or maybe they move Bagley down to the center position and start Parker at the four, and then they've got a starting five of um, Darren Fox, Buddy Heald, Harrison Barnes, Jabari Parker, and Marvin Bagley. That's a very solid young starting five with a lot of scoring potential. Um, or maybe Rashawn Holmes is the starting center, and then they have Parker as a nice guy to come off the bench. And Alex Lynn is a serviceable center as well. So I think uh, I think this was a trade that was won by the Kings. I believe the Kings uh, really did a good job with this one because um, Deadman wasn't playing for them anyway. He wasn't really doing anything. And, I mean, Deadman played for the Hawks last year, so it's really interesting that he just got traded right back to where he left. Um but uh, yeah, I, I think the I think that the Kings won this trade. But you know, maybe the Hawks got their guy, and and he'll be willing to play for them, and it'll work out for both teams. Yeah, there was a lot of um, animosity that came out earlier in the year. I remember seeing all that kind of play out and see that I was kind of surprised with a young player having that much problem um, in Sacramento. But getting to the bigger trade of the evening last night, uh, Andre Iguodala from the Memphis Grizzlies, who's basically been sitting out the whole year so far gets his way. Uh, he is traded to the Miami heat for justice Winslow. And within um, that trade, he comes in and signs a two year, $30 million extension. Um, and this is something that Iguodala has been panning for all year. He wanted to go to a contender and looks like the Miami heat won the race for one of the best uh, wing defenders and role players in the NBA. Yeah, I'm. I, I I think that the Heat. I think that this was a trade that was won by all parties involved. Um, the Grizzlies, they're they're a team that you know obviously Iguodala wasn't playing for them. Um, you know he wasn't playing. He was sitting out, so he was just dead weight on that team. You know we've we've seen all the drama that's come out the last couple of days about it. Um, but but you know. Iggy wins this because he gets to go to a contender. He gets to play. He gets a lot of money. I mean, that's a lot of money for a, what is he, 36-year-old role player, um, $15 million a year. That's very that's very steep for a guy like him. But um, the Heat and Pat Riley and everyone involved over there in Miami thinks that he can help them win a title. And then, you know, the Grizzlies get to pick up a solid playmaking wing, um, decent defender, decent playmaker, um, you know, mediocre scorer, but he, he's a solid young player in Justice Winslow. And then they actually signed Dylan Brooks to an extension, and Dylan Brooks is one of their uh, guards slash wings. Um, and he's he's been playing very well. So the, they get to extend their young, their young talent in Dylan Brooks and pick up another solid uh, role player in Justice Winslow. Um, so, you know, I, I think that this is, like I said, a trade that was won by all parties involved. I don't think anyone really, um, you know, came away with, oh, I, you know, the better the better trade. I think this worked out for everybody. Yeah, I agree with that one, too. I don't think anybody got uh, the bad end of the stick on this one. I think all parties win in the end. In, in Miami Heat have proven over the years 
they uh, like a little bit older players anyway, especially in that role-playing position, but also he has championship pedigree. So I think this will work out for all parties in the end. I want to go and just jump to the big trade that happened uh, the other night and just kind of get your quick take on this. So the big four-team trade between the Houston Rockets, the Atlanta Hawks, the Minnesota Timberwolves, and the Denver Nuggets. Um, don't really think we need to talk about the temp- the Timberwolves and the Nuggets too much. They're not really that much in contention right now in the West. Um, but I think Houston and Atlanta is interesting to what happened in all this. So Houston gets uh, Robert Covington and Jordan Bell. They also picked up a 2024 draft pick. And then the Atlanta Hawks get uh, the injured Clint Capella, who has barely played any this year and nobody's really sure if he's even going to be able to come back and play this year. And then they got old uh, power forward uh, Nene. How do you think this uh, trade went out for um, Houston really in the long run? I I was very confused um, by this because, you know, Houston has come out and they've they've said since the trade that, you know, they're going to be committing to a more small ball style of play. And um, when you look at what they're planning on doing, they're planning on having P.J. Tucker play the five. And I think that's one of the crazier things I've heard in the NBA in a long time, because P.J. Tucker is six foot five and he's going to be playing the center position. And uh, I, I don't I don't really know what they got going on there. I guess on offense, they're going to be playing five out, um, you know, just have people all over all five players out um, either. He, they'll probably have their two big men, which quote, put big men in quotes because they're very small. Uh, they'll probably have their two big men uh, standing out kind of in the mid range uh, corner parts of the court. And then they're going to have their their. Every, every, it's going to be a very three-point centric offense, which it already is. But now you take away the opportunity for the offensive rebounding that Capella brings, the rim running, um, the rim protection on defense. Uh, Capella was really important to that team, and he was, you know, I'd wager to say the third best player on that team. So it's very weird that they decided to do that. Um, I'm not real sure, you know, what they're thinking there. Um, but Atlanta, you know, Atlanta's a team with a lot of talent. They have a ton of talent. Their talent hasn't completely come together yet, but, you know, you got Trey Young, Cameron Reddish, DeAndre Hunter, Kevin Herter. Um, very solid young team. And uh, then you add into that a a really decent, I'd say definitely a top seven, top eight center in the league um, in Clint Capella. So, yeah, I, I think uh, I think the Hawks win this one big time. Yeah, I, I was listening to some of the uh, sports shows yesterday, and they were pretty much talking about this being an analytics-style move. I mean, obviously, we know the owner of, or the GM of the uh, Houston Rockets is, is very numbers-centric with how he runs things. Um, but to have basically a team that's made up of guys – no taller than six, six. And you're talking about going up against the likes of Anthony Davis, LeBron James, uh, Jokic. I mean, these are some of the best guys over six ten in the, in the Western conference. How the hell are they going to defend them? Because when you look at the Lakers, if they wanted to, they could run LeBron at the five and how are they going to, they can't even guard LeBron. 
So mm-hmm. what is what is Houston's really game all plan here when you look at trying to run five starters out there that are under six six? It it definitely it makes it a little weird um, and kind of odd why they would do that in a Western Conference that has a lot of um, good players at the power forward and the center position that go six ten and higher. Right. Well, and I'd say the only good thing about this trade for um, the Rockets is that they landed Robert Covington, who is just another great spot up three point shooter. He's an elite uh, perimeter defender. So, I mean, getting getting Covington to um, add to that to that wing spot over there is is a decent addition, I'd say, but definitely not worth giving up. Um, you know, you're, you're 6'10", 6'11", rim-protecting, uh, rebounding guy who, you know, one, once you get rid of that, there's no real there's no real force down in the middle. I mean, both offensively and defensively, defensively that's going to hurt. I mean, they're going to have to make their shots because they're not going to be getting those offensive rebounds with P.J. Tucker playing the center position. Exactly. So, uh, really quick, uh, thank you for coming on today. Uh, it's been great, uh, but I hear you're a UFC fan. You like yourself mm-hmm. some MMA and a uh, pretty big bout coming up on Saturday at UFC 247. The return to the uh, octagon for John Jones. He is your light heavyweight title holder. He's facing the undefeated Dominic Reyes. Uh, what are your thoughts real quick? And who do you like winning this bout? Well, I, I don't see really anybody in that division beating John Jones anytime soon. You know, there's been whispers about, oh, maybe Israel Adesanya could do it. But I think John Jones is one of, if not the greatest fighter in UFC history. And I just don't, you know, his his legacy is going to be tarnished by a lot of the a lot of the suspensions and a lot of the juicing issues that, you know, he's had. But uh, I just I don't think I don't think Reyes uh, goes through John Jones at all. I think Jones handles this one pretty easily. But, you know, Reyes is never lost a fight so um it, it could be it could be a rude awakening for john jones if he goes in and kind of you know underestimates reyes so i i definitely think that that's a fight that uh, john jones comes out of victorious but i mean it's the ufc and anything can happen yeah i agree and, and it's not like reyes is like a five and oh fighter either i mean he's got 12 victories in under his belt so he's got some experience in the ring Um, It might be harder than what some people come out, and we'll definitely see what happens on Saturday. Um, The other featured match, uh, this is the women's flyweight title match. This is Valentina Shevchenko. I butchered that, sorry. And uh, (laughs) Caitlin Chukjian. What are your thoughts on uh, this fight coming out as we got a double title fight for UFC 247? Well, Valentina Shevchenko is... is probably one of the best uh female fighters ever um i'd put her up there with with um amanda nunez as as one of the best um fighter female fighters in the ufc and and she's just she's next level um i've seen her demolish people multiple times um and but kate catlin chuk again i always butcher her name as well (laughs) but uh her her last win um 
was in November of 2019 against Jennifer Maya, um, went to decision. Uh, I don't know too much about her. I haven't, I haven't watched any of her fights in person, uh, or, or, you know, I haven't, I haven't watched any of her fights, so I'm not, I'm not very, um, well versed in, in what she's done. I mean, she's got some decent victories against, um, the likes of Jessica. I, uh, Irene Aldana, who just had a big win in the last UFC major UFC event. Uh, so, you know, I, I don't, I don't really know too much about her, but I I'm too, I've seen Valentina Shevchenko fight so many times and I just, I don't see, I don't see Catelyn getting past her, but, uh, you know, like I said, I don't know too much about her, so maybe she does end up, um, surprising me, but I, I don't, I don't really see anybody beating Valentina anytime soon. Sounds good. So for Tannen, he has uh, both champions holding on to their belt for UFC 247 on Saturday. Um, I'd like to thank Tannen Smith for joining me today and hope all of you at OTH Daily listening to the podcast today enjoyed the segment as well. Uh, other than that, Tannen, have a wonderful rest of the day and hope to talk to you again soon. Yes, sir. Thank you. You're welcome. Take care. And now? We'll go through your scores from last night's events. In the NBA, the Pistons beat the Suns 116-108. to uh, The Pistons are re- led by Andre Drummond with 31 points and 19 rebounds. Kelly Oubre Jr. leads the way for the Suns, 30 points and 5 boards. In a highlight game of the evening on the early set of games, the Raptors beat the Pacers 119-118. This is 12 straight wins for the Raptors, which is a team high. They're led by Kyle Lowry with 32 points, 8 rebounds, 10 assists. Malcolm Brogdon led the Pacers with 24 points, 6 boards, 6 assists. The Celtics get themselves another win last night against the Magic, 116-100. The Celtics were led by Jason Tatum with 33 points, 8 rebounds, 5 assists. The Magic were led by Evan Fournier with 26 the Nets demolished the Warriors 129-88 on the return of D'Angelo Russell to Brooklyn. D'Angelo Russell gets 17 points for the Warriors. Karis Levert leads the way for Brooklyn, 23 points, 4 boards, 8 assists. The uh, Oklahoma City Thunder beat the Cleveland Cavaliers 109-103. The Cavs were led by Colin Sexton with 23 And for the Thunder, Dennis Schroeder led the way with 30 points, 5 boards, 6 assists. Another game that went really good last night individually, the Atlanta Hawks beat the Minnesota Timberwolves 127-120. Trey Young leads all scores in this game with 38 points, 4 boards, 11 assists. For the Timberwolves, Andrew Wiggins has 25 points and 7 boards. In what I believe to be a mild upset in the Western Conference uh, last night, the Grizzlies beat the Mavericks 121-107. Jay Morant goes for 21. Kristaps Porzingis for the Dallas Mavericks goes for 32 points and 12 rebounds. In a very tough-fought game, this is the lowest-scoring game of the night. The Denver Nuggets 98, the Utah Jazz 95. Jamal Murray led the way for the Nuggets with 31 points. Mike Conley Jr. Uh, was head man for the Utah Jazz, 21 points, 8 boards, and 5 assists. In the last game in the NBA of the night, you had the LA Clippers putting a beat down on the Miami Heat, 128-111. to The Heat were led by Derek Jones Jr., had 25 points, 9 boards. 
Then you had Paul George leading the way for the Clippers. 23 points, 5 boards, 10 assists. Now we move on to the top 25 men for the NCAA. Had a very good rematch last night. Number 10, Villanova, and number 19, Butler. Number 19, Butler, was able to hold form at home, but they won it in dramatic fashion. They hit a game-winning three as time expired. They beat uh, Villanova uh, 79-76. Number 13, West Virginia, handily beat Iowa State 76-61. Purdue pulls off a large upset over number 17, Iowa, 104-68. Number 21, Creighton, takes the loss to Providence, 73-56. Number 12, Seton Hall, takes care of business against Georgetown, 78-71. Number 5, Louisville, uh, wins by 10 over Wake Forest, 86-76. And Vandy upsets number 18, LSU, 99-90. One uh, top 25 women's match last night. Uh, number two, Baylor handily takes care of Kansas, 97-44. In the NHL, the two games for you, Toronto Maple Leafs uh, lost to the New York Rangers, 5-3. And the Boston Bruins win in overtime, 2-1, over the Chicago Blackhawks. Talk trades a little bit that went down last night. So in the NHL, the Toronto Maple Leafs acquired goalie Jack Campbell and forward Kyle Clifford from the LA Kings. Toronto gives LA forward Trevor Moore third round pick in both 2020 and 2021. In the NBA, two drafts to speak about. We had the Sacramento Kings trading Dwayne Dedman to Atlanta for Jabari Parker and Alex Len. Another trade sends Andre Iguodala to the Miami Heat for Justice Winslow. In tail with Iguodala being traded to the Heat, he signs a two-year $30 million extension. Um, There is also another rumor out there that was coming through late last night that the same Heat and Grizzlies are in a three-team trade talk with the Oklahoma City Thunder that could involve... Uh, Danilo Gallinari. We had some NFL news kind of come down late last night. There's rumors that the Cardinals are going to release running back David Johnson. This could lead to a lot of speculation to where he leads, but I think the first one is he may end up with Bruce Arians back in Tampa Bay. He had one of his best career years with Tampa, uh, with Arizona while Arians was the head coach. Also, this is a rumor that came out last night. Uh, The L.A. Rams could possibly be shopping Todd Gurley in trade consideration in this offseason. I had some NCAA football news for you to kind of wrap up everything with the scores today. Uh, It was National Signing Day on Thursday, so high school seniors got to officially commit to their college of choice. Then also, uh, big news came down with coach D'Antonio from Michigan State. He suddenly steps down amid an investigation into the program specifically for D'Antonio of possible recruiting violations. As we make our way into highlighting uh, what's going on for Thursday, we'll take a look at the games going on for Thursday night. 
highlight games in the NBA tonight. You've got the Philadelphia 76ers against the Milwaukee Bucks at 8 o'clock. The nightcap is the Houston Rockets going to L.A. to play the Lakers at 10.30. Top 25 men's matchups, you have number 24, Colorado, in action against Cal. Number 23, Arizona, is going up against USC. Number 25, Houston, will play Tulane. And number 2, Gonzaga, is in action against Loyola Marymount. Top 25 women's action, which has a busy schedule. You've got 10 of the top 25 in action on Thursday night. The highlight matchups put ranked teams against each other. Number 5, Louisville, will play number 17, Florida State. You have number 13, Maryland, up against number 18, Indiana. And number 1 in the league, South Carolina, going up against number 25, Arkansas. In the NHL, full docket of games ahead of you, but here are the four that I think are of importance to the standings, especially for the playoffs coming up. You have the Pittsburgh Penguins going off against the Tampa Bay Lightning. The Las Vegas Golden Knights are going to play the Florida Panthers. You have the Nashville Predators going up against the Calgary Flames. That should be a fight for a wild card position. And then you have the Carolina Hurricanes traveling to the Phoenix Coyotes. Hope you enjoyed today's podcast. Head over to OvertimeHeroics.net to find your favorite podcast guest articles or follow them on Twitter. Have a wonderful day and hope you come back and listen to our next podcast.